What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalkInc.com. I am your host, David. I am joined with today, Jenny from the Block. Hey, guys. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. JLo invented that I one. I know she did in 1998. Mm-hmm. Ryan, the temp. I can't even remember the year from exactly. <laughs> it was a big song. It was man. probably around 98 or 96. No, 96. She was on the six. On the six. Why do you know so much about J-Lo? Because I love J-Lo. <laughs> All righty. And in celebration of LeBron James' decision, Leo has decided to take his talents to Earth 2 and will no longer be on the Real Chronicles podcast. We'd like to take this time to thank him for all his wonderful Marvel knowledge and all his efforts on the podcast. And we will absolutely miss him. We'll miss you, Leo. Ryan's not. Ryan won't miss him. Ryan won't miss him, because now no. Ryan's Ryan's now the Marvel guru here. <laughs> but it's time to move Which on to a, a new thing. chapter, and we were bringing in a new host for this week, Meg the Geek from the Meg the Geek YouTube channel. Hi. What's, what's up, Meg? How are you? Pretty good. I'm stoked to be here. How you guys doing? We're doing great. We're actually, Jenny and I are in a 1980s Friday the 13th movie. I don't know if it's 1980s. We're actually um, coming to you from Bushkill, Pennsylvania in the Pocono Mountains. Um, We needed to escape our apartment because we don't have a balcony. We have a fire escape that you can't go out on. And we've been locked in that apartment since March. And so we needed something that had like a deck just to be able to sit outside and uh, a lot of trees so we could kind of walk around without having to be like super masked up because there's no one around. So that's nice, except the little chipmunks and deer. Um, But this this cabin looks like the cabin from Friday the 13th part four. That's a total setting for a teen slasher film. I'm sorry. (laughs) Dave was kind of bummed he didn't bring his Friday the 13th uh, video video game. Yeah, I should have brought my system to play. It's like the perfect scene. He would have turned turned off all the lights and just like set the music on his iPhone, the little Friday the 13th soundtrack. And uh, we would have been set. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So welcome to the show, Meg. We, Thank you. We have a nice little agenda for your first episode. We are looking at our top 10 comic book origin films. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. But before we get to that, let's get into the news of the week. We're going to kick off with Marvel News, where Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier and I think WandaVision are moving to 2021. They're both moving? Yeah, I they're thought both it was moving. only one. No, they're both. I think WandaVision was announced yesterday. Bummer. And I think anyone with a brain knows that the show could not have been filming since March. So I've seen, and you guys can chime in if that you, if you've seen people complaining about it on social media because what else is new? People complaining on social media about something. So 
what do you guys think? Meg, I'll let you kick this off. What do you think about the, the news about the show's moving? Um, you know, WandaVision, I, I guess the one I'm most excited for. And I really thought they were able, gonna, uh, able to pull it off for like the December release. Because I know they were going to show the trailer at SDCC next week. Um, but as far as like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like I, I went on a huge rant the other day because people were, as you know, we talked about complaining and it's just, it baffles my mind how within a pandemic, people still think that all this is still filming and, or still being able to be edited. Like it takes a huge team to edit and special equipment besides just a basic computer. And they can't do that when we're confined to our houses, unlike what people think that can actually be done. That, and and it's funny because not just shows, people forget that these things still have to get scored. Exactly. And I think people think that scoring a show or scoring a movie takes one person. It's so easy, David. Duh. I know, I should I should be scoring everything from, the, from this cabin. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I think the fact that these shows aren't scored, same with some of these films that aren't being released because the movies are done, but the post-production, the editing, the scoring, that's that's a problem right now. So I totally get what you mean in terms of the frustration about people just not getting it. Ryan, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, no, it is frustrating the fact that people can't just wrap their minds around, hey, there's a pandemic going around. Things are going to slow down a little bit. Relax. Enjoy. the. Just know that things, it's going to come. Just relax. It's just going to come in 2021 like everything else. And I think, Meg, I think the reason that they will move WandaVision is because that could be closer to done. But I think with the continuity of how Kevin Feige releases things, it may not just be in the order that it needs to be. WandaVision can come before Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's kind of why I think they're moving it. You know, well. that actually makes a lot more sense than what I thought of. My my rationality was just they're torturing us. <laughs> well, they are. That is this is torture too. And I also think that they need Black Widow out already because I think Black Widow has yeah. to come out before Falcon and Winter Soldier. It sets Soldier. the tone for the shows, which also with Wanda appearing in the next Doctor Strange, Can't that's wait. gonna set it up for I feel like like the finale of WandaVision is gonna set up for her appearance in the next Doctor Strange. I think this is what will give us the X Men. You think? I think because we know who Wanda is and I think that's gonna open the multiverse up for the movie, and I think in the movie is when we get our first introduction to the X Men or to who her father is. That because I mean, for those unaware, her father is Magneto. So I'm just curious how they do that. I personally think they should, they should just bring Fassbender back and McAvoy. That would be fitting because those those two were perfect. So we'll see what happens. But age wise, it wouldn't unless, like you said, because uh, like you said, the multiverse, multiverse opens up. Yeah, because I think in this universe they don't they don't have. I don't think they were. They don't have parents i don't think it was established that they have any parents in the, in the universe or that they had died or anything like that plus quicksilver yeah. has to come back so I, one of them no, 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 no. there's only this. one quicksilver <laughs> and it's not aaron taylor johnson your one's a little holy oh <laughs> too soon too soon right too soon all right next up star star wars the bad batch another animated series coming to disney plus for someone that was Watched the Clone Wars 
then fell off the Clone Wars, then got back on the Clone Wars with the last four episodes back in May. Was it May? I think it was May. I believe so. I'm, the it, months all melt together yeah, at this point. The days and months melt together. Like I, I think this is, a, this is good stuff. I like that Disney is continuing to create new Star Wars stories rather than just bring back the Skywalkers or do anything revolving so the Skywalkers. So what is this about? Because I heard the announcement, but I actually didn't read anything. So for the listeners that don't know anything either. I have the premise right here. Read me so, the premise. David. Giving new and existing fans the final chapter of Star Wars The Clone Wars has been our honor at Disney, and we are in- overjoyed with the global response to this. While The Clone Wars may have come to its conclusion, our partnership with groundbreaking storytellers and artists at Lucasfilm is only beginning. We are thrilled to bring Dave Filoni's vision to life through next adventures of The Bad Batch. The Bad Batch are a group of clo- pretty much are clones that were a bad batch. Okay. And we're, if I and remember correctly. Dave Filoni is the one that's also doing The Mandalorian. Was he one of the directors yes, in that yes. documentary? So that Dave Filoni is working with John Favreau and All Taika right. with with the Mandalorian. So they're keeping it they're keeping it in house, which is cool. So we'll see what happens with that. I just like that the fact that they're expanding to other new stories. And as a Star Wars fan, it's a huge galaxy. There's so many things that they can examine. So I like the fact that they're focusing on this. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Oh yeah, no, definitely. I totally agree. I can't wait to see more Star Wars. The better. <laughs> Plain and simple for me. <laughs> Meg, what about you? You know, I actually have, don't hate me, I've actually yet to see like The Mandalorian or any of the actual shows. The Mandalorian is some of the best Star Wars that has uh, been released. In I feel like I'm being hated time. on for not seeing it. And Baby Yoda, that's all you need is the child. I know. I've watched the scenes just yeah. because that's really all I care about. I rem- and I have like my child doll, so like I feel like I'm set. So I remember You're so good. I woke up at five AM for work that morning of the pilot episode. And you I was up at five AM every day, Dave. Yeah, well I do, but especially this day for to watch <laughs> Star Wars. And as soon as I saw that kid, when I saw Baby Yoda, I'm like, Oh, I gotta I gotta show Jenny this. Because she's gonna think They're he's gonna the, crush us he's the greatest in, thing like, ever. next season when they actually give us his name. Um, or maybe it's a girl. We don't know. Could be. Well, we don't know. I think it's a boy, though. You know, it seems like it could I think be a boy. It could be a girl. Well, the, <laughs> well, John Favreau has said he already knows it, yeah, its name. I think so. they already. I think it's probably going to be worked into the narrative somehow. Yeah. So, Meg, us. watch The Mandalorian. You're going to love it. Okay, I'll put it on my list and of many. And many that's a show watch. that's actually shot on a soundstage. But it looks really? like they're on they're in real Is that filmed over at Pinewood? I think it's Pinewood. But it's in it's London. so so great, so great. Ryan, you, you agree that Mandalorian's wonderful? Oh yeah, no, I love that show. I can't wait for season two. Absolutely. All right. Next up, last bit of news I have here is being a big horror fan, Jenny, me bothering Jenny with this. Ryan, you may not know. Meg, I hope you do know this one. The last drive in with Joe Bob Briggs was renewed for season three on Shudder. Yes, I heard this. It is such great. I mean, I wasn't too surprised, but I was still holding. I was like, okay, wait a minute. The season two ended a few weeks ago. Why has that? Why have we not heard anything yet? So I'm glad it's coming back. Honestly, throughout this quarantine, just turning that on on Friday nights has been a godsend. It's been wonderful. I love the show. I love the fact the commentary feel to all their films i've discovered some movies because of this show and i'm glad it's back jenny you saw little clips here and there what do you think 
I thought it was a good show. I mean, Dave told me that it was really, it's sort of a reboot of when it used to be on what, TNT? Monster Vision. Yeah, and I don't remember it too much as a kid, um, but it seems cool. I mean, we've we've watched a few shows. They did a, a one of the episodes was on Heather's, which Dave had never seen. Um, I had seen it, so I thought it, you know, obviously loved it. So I think, you know, and I think it does bring in a lot of ratings for Shudder itself. Like, I think it's one of their best original shows. Uh, I think it I, is their number yeah, one. Yeah, and I mean, I think people don't realize that there is such a, like, a horror movie following in in a lot of ways because some people are just like oh you like horror movies i don't like them or i think but there's a lot of horror fans i think those people need to go to monster mania yes plug for monster mania we don't get paid for this we don't get paid for this dave if you're listening we love the con dave hagan we We love love monster mania and we can't wait Mm -hmm. to get we, we can't wait to be back next march um so meg you have you i assume you've seen last drive-in not all of it just kind of here and there because i've kind of been limiting i've like i've been playing more games during the pandemic than anything okay um but i mean what i do like about it is it reminds me of like when i was a kid i'd be like sitting on my bed in the dark just like watching like horror stuff Mm -hmm. and it just kind of made me go back to that innocent those innocent years even though i was scared out of my mind as a kid and obviously not scared as an adult but it was just it, it was nostalgic for me. I agree. I think you nailed it. That's kind of exactly. I how think the show is also pretty good because it's a show that you can kind of pick up on any episode. I feel mm-hmm. like I I'm able to just watch whatever episode I wanted based off of whatever the movie choice is that day, and I I wouldn't feel like I I'm lost. Like it's not like a series right. in the sense of like you have to make sure you watch the episode before and the episode after to get something or. You know, it, you can just kind of jump in whenever you want. And they will be back March. And the live component that they have with yep. it. And they will be back March 14th. I mean, March 14th, August 14th for a summer special. So, and then season three will be in 2021. So, can't wait for that. And then. Like with everything else. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> and that pretty much wraps up the news. The only thing, kind of an announcement that I guess we can bring is uh, some San Diego Comic Con news. Uh, New Mutants got another trailer and an, for just put it out of his misery and put it on streaming already. <laughs> I think the funniest Agreed. thing will be the panel next week because we're covering it for, for the site. Massey Williams is going to be there. Some of the cast is going to be there. They're like five years older than when they filmed this movie. <laughs> so it's yeah. going to it's going to be funny seeing a new trailer at the con and them just five, six years older already. And the other news was the Walking Dead season ten season finale will be announced next week, right? Meg, you're the yes. Walking Walking Dead guru. Did I miss anything? I, yeah, uh, no, you got it. Um, I'm trying to think. If there was any other Walking Dead news? Um, they talked a little bit at uh, Skybound's event yesterday about the Rick Grimes movie, but I watched the clip and it was literally just like, oh, because of the pandemic, we've had more time to write it, so it's going to be better than ever. <laughs> and I'm like. That gave me no insight whatsoever. I have to ask you because I'm not, I haven't really watched a show in a few years. When he left and then the same night they announced they were going to make a movie, did you feel more upset about it? Like he just copped out to not being on the show anymore for more money to make the movies? Um, I mean, I know why he left because, you know, he was going back and forth between London and Georgia, but I'm not a Rick Grimes fan. Oh, okay. So I was like, yay, he's gone. And then then I'm like, no, he's back. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like, literally, I went from like one extreme to the other. 
and I was I was a little mad. But I mean, I'm I'm happy for my friends that love him. But me, I'm just happy that finally, because it was always like you know it was the Rick Grimes way or no way. But now like they're able to explore and really go in depth with some of the characters they weren't able to before. Um, so I'm, I'm happy, hoping, for that. and I'm hoping now that because Walking Dead's I don't think it's going anywhere, but. We're getting... Not until AMC has a replacement. Yeah, when AMC does, yeah, AMC needs a full-on replacement. And I replacement. think that's really the only thing, part, the only original programming they have right now, Better right? Better Call Saul. Uh, Nosferatu, oh. called. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, Better Call Saul is done, no? This Almost? season, yeah. 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 That's another thing. They uh, We spoke off the line about this. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul knew to come in and out. They knew what they needed to do. I think mm-hmm. the Walking Dead comic is done. For the most part, I think they re- uh, they rebooted it. They rebooted it in color now, I believe. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's, but they're not coming out all at once. Um, they're coming out with, I believe, two issues a month starting in October. Okay. So, so I now mean, I'll finally read the comic. <laughs> oh, you didn't you didn't read it because it was black and I white. I never read it. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of black and white. That's um the first uh, Ninja Turtles comic is in black and white. So I no, totally I, I never read it. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, that's pretty much all the SEC news that I have. I know they're going to have a whole bunch of panels, and we'll be covering that next week. So let's get to movie taglines. Meg, I'm going to pop your cherry here, and you're going first. Wow, no pressure. No okay. Pressure. <laughs> but That's a serious intro, Dave. R- Ryan, yeah. <laughs> Ryan usually gets the easy ones, but I'm going to give you a pretty pretty easy one to start. Watch are it, you get it. are you ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Here we go. Check in. Relax. Take a shower. Psycho. Very good. There you go. Is it the remake one? Or no, is that it's, the original? Nineteen sixty. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. We don't talk about the remake. <laughs> yeah, I know. We well, don't. that's why because I feel like didn't we have a psycho where it was the long? Oh no, but that was for Strangers on a Train. Never mind. That was in the. That was last week, yeah. Yeah, that was a really long tagline. All right, Jenny. Oh, God, okay. From the brother of the director of Ghost. From the brother (laughs) of the director of Ghost? Did they really put that on a poster? Yeah, swear to God. I don't even know who directed Ghost. It's a comedy. That's your hint. And by that tagline, by that tagline. No, I don't know. From the brother who directed Ghost? Yeah. Any guesses? Casper. No. Ryan, any guesses? Not a single clue. <laughs> Meg, remember. any guesses? I, I want to say it's probably like a parody film. So you're, maybe a scary you're, movie? You're, no, but you were on the right track. Mm. Naked Gun, 33 and a third. Oh. I've actually never seen the Naked Gun series. Oh, they're fun. <gasps> yeah. They're actually fun. You so. Ryan, I, I'm not taking it easy on you today. So Every, I'm going to get this wrong. Everyone has one special thing. That's um, it. It's a, fuck if I know. <laughs> Coming to a theater near you, <laughs> Jen. Everyone has one special thing. Yeah, it's from the 1990s. That's your hint. I don't know. Meg, any guesses? Yeah, don't even go to me. I have no clue. <laughs> Boogie Nights. <laughs> oh, oh, because of his penis. Okay, yes. yeah. <laughs> sure. That's the work topic. His uh, pros- prosthetic penis. Yes. is special, I guess. <laughs> Meg, this one's another easy one for you. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Oh, 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 Jaws. Which one? Oh, Jesus. Um, okay, this could be a trick. 
Um, I feel like you're purposely going to trick me, so I'm going to say the first one. No, it's Jaws. It two. was the second one. Yep, it was the second one. See, I really thought you were going to trick me. That's why I was like, oh, that was the first one. No, no, I never trick anybody here. No, no, not you, David. <laughs> oh, not at all. Jennifer. Uh, yes, David. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Oh man. <laughs> I feel like I've definitely seen this movie. It's a horror movie. Yeah. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Um I have seen this horror movie? Yes. Okay. You can confirm that. Some of the best practical effects of the nineteen eighties. Oh, um It's I know what you're gonna say and it's pro- and it's not that one. Not Gremlins? No. Practical like Practical effects. Yeah. Practical horror, like uh, um, child's play. No, Meg. Oh, um, be afraid, be very afraid. Um, here's another hint. Outside of the thing, this is the best practical horror effects of the 1980s. That's yeah, that doesn't help. I'm gonna pass. <laughs> An American Werewolf in Paris. No, that's the 70s, I believe. Oh, Ryan, London. London. Any guesses? Um. Pet Cemetery, The Fly. What was that? Oh, The Fly. Oh, the David Cronenberg. Yes. You've never seen The Fly? No. It's good. It, it's really, really good. And, and, gross. and the yeah, it's gross, but it's so good. It's Cronenberg's uh, best f- film. It's so gross. I'm screaming right now. Oh, squirming. You you will s- probably. I think the last twenty minutes are are the hardest part. Yeah, that's really the only hard yeah. part. It's not because the rest of the movie is pretty straightforward ryan i'm not sure if i've used this one before but if i didn't this one should be easy for you the longer you wait the harder it gets <laughs> that's what she said that's what she said yeah you're you're, <laughs> you're ryan you don't know how much in the right direction you are when you said that <laughs> damn and you have no clue how much i'm blanking Any, jen no. Meg, any guesses? This is hard, David. I feel like this also could have worked for Boogie Nights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true. The 40-year-old no version. Oh, the 40-year-old That's why I said, when you said that's what she uh, said, Raya. So oh, I said okay. you're really in the right direction. I won't lie that like after doing this game for a few episodes, I'm now going to pay a little closer attention to movie tagline, like movie <laughs> taglines on posters just because... I feel like some the of them are ridiculous. Yeah, some of them are. Some of them work. Some, some of them apply really and some don't. I guess once you hear the Here, title, Dave, I got one will. for you. I'm flip the switch on you. Hollywood had it coming, Dave. Ooh, wait, can you repeat that? Hollywood had it coming. I'm looking at the poster right now. Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and wow, I'm not... you couldn't give him a harder one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who's up, Ryan or Meg? Meg. Uh, I am. Okay, R- Ryan, I'm going to go to you. Life is I one. I went. Okay, Meg, life is one long, insane trip. Some people just have better directions. Repeat that again? Life is one in long, insane trip. Some people just have better directions. I don't know why, but I want to say Galaxy Quest, even though I know that's not right. Oh, that's such a good movie, though. No, it's not, but it's such a good movie. Uh, Jen, <laughs> Ryan's definitely not going to get it, so I'm going with you here. Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. No, Donnie Darko. Okay. Nowhere. Uh, I get it, but uh, all right, fine. I just was thinking trip and like trippy and like. That's exactly. Road trip. 
So that's where I went with that. So one. I'm I know you I'm going to go to Jen for this one. I know you've seen this movie. I never have. So I have no idea how this tagline actually fits to this movie. And it's a musical. OK. No <laughs> laws. No limits. One rule. Never fall in love. I Oklahoma. No, no, wait. No laws. No laws. No limits. One rule. Never fall in love. But musical is always about love at some point. Any guesses? Um, you have three seconds. No. Oh, come on. You got to give her a bigger <laughs> hint than that. Um, <laughs> there was a song in the 2000s from it. Wow. Oh, when <laughs> only one song in the 2000s. About this movie. That was, um, oh, I mean, I don't know. All right. I, I can't tell you the name of the song. Okay. Uh, Meg, any guesses here? Yeah, I actually know this. Okay. What is it? Can I give her a hint? Go for it. No, 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 no. You could go. Give her a hint. Give her a hint. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quote the most iconic line. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Oh, Moulin Rouge. Yes, Moulin Rouge. All right, they do fall in love. I get it. And I've never seen the movie, so that's (laughs) why I'm. (laughs) Oh yes, yes, I love that song. Well, I love it with the whole remix. Yeah, Ryan. Female empowerment. Don't disappoint. Oh God. (laughs) Every generation has a legend. Every journey has a first step. Every saga has a beginning. I know this, but I can't think of the damn. I can't think of it. Disappointing. Disappointing. Uh, yeah, I'm David. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I'm gonna come back next there. week with my own taglines for you. For me, I'm yeah, down. I'm down. I like that idea. I We're like the only that. one in the hot seat. This is very. This is a lot of pressure. All right, this Jennifer. He yeah. is a. He is afraid. He is totally alone. He is three million light years from home. Is this Wally? No, three million light years from home. Yes. E.T. Yes, it is E.T. Oh. Do you quick quick side? I note. mean, the Wally. W- was Meg, fitting from have the you beginning. seen Wally? Like when it first came out. Okay, Ryan, Not have you sense. have you seen Wally? <clears throat> yes. Do you think it's a sad movie? Oh my god, I think it's so sad. I, I got sad. Yeah. Well, I, it has sad. I he's so sad. He's I think by the, himself. Yeah. Wait, he has Eva. Later, but not in the beginning. I guess. It's pretty sad. I guess because he, I know he ends up with Eva. I'm like, I guess. Yeah, but it's kind of sad. And he watches. Actually, his, he watches the same movie all the time. I know. You well, know what like it kind of reminds me of? What? Okay, this is going to sound a hor- it's a horrible comparison, but do you guys play Grand Theft Auto at all? Uh, I do. David here does. Here and there, Okay, yeah. so in one of, like, if you go to like your house, you can watch TV, and there's this one movie that they, they actually made like actual movies, but they're short movies, um, and my friends and I watched this. It's called like The Loneliest Robot in London or something like that. <laughs> And it's a, it totally kind of it partially rips off Wally in a way, but it's so sad. But yet it's so hilarious at the same time, and it's, that's what Wally always reminds me of. It remind this is completely off topic, but um, this reminds me of I watched Jenny play Animal Crossing. Yeah, and these people are just alone on an island. No one really talks to each other. So I'm they like, they do. They talk to each other, and I talk to them. Lonely island. It's sure, both. sure. But every time she's playing, I see just people just sitting down on the floor and then by themselves. Well, because they're doing sitting nothing. by, yeah, because they're doing, they're sitting by the tree and they're relaxing. It's their island. It's island life. Okay, Jen. David. <laughs> All right, Meg. <laughs> I'm going to give you one of Jenny's favorite movies, Collide okay. with Destiny. Collide with Destiny. It's a very morbid uh, tagline. Collide with destiny. And a hint, um, it did come out in the 1990s. 
Well, that could be any of them. Um, uh, wait, I'm trying to think. Um, I know this. I know this. Yeah, you Titanic? Def- yes, there it is. Titanic. Okay. Isn't it more That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, Collide? Collide with destiny. Yeah, no. I think there's better ways to find your destiny <laughs> than sinking in 1912. Ryan. Might as well be ice to see you. I know, right? <laughs> Ryan. Oh, Leo. They're not there to shop. They're not there to work. They're just there. Oh. Clerks? Mm, oh, I think I know what it is. What is it? Is it Empire Records? No. Oh. Ryan, you're, I'm not letting you go. Go ahead. Clerks uh, 2? No, you're, <laughs> you're, in the right, you're in the right director. Say it again? They're not there to shop. They're not there to work. All right. There you go. Good job, right? I was like, I know you're going to get this. Meg, weird is relative. Uh, weird science? No, early 90s comedy. Weird is relative. Jen, any guesses? 90s comedy? Yeah. Oh, Revenge of the Nerds. No, The Addams Family. Oh. oh, that's not what I would have guessed. Ryan, just because they serve you doesn't mean they like you. <laughs> Waiting. No, clerks. What? Uh. Come on, Ryan. You're disappointed. Kevin would be very upset. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is the easiest one of the. This is. I think this is the easiest one. Meg, you won't know the facts until you've seen the fiction. Um. Oh, Pulp Fiction. There you go. Good job. Oh, That's wow. like a good word there. And actually, no. This may be the easiest. Jenny, for Harry and Lloyd, every day is a no-brainer. <laughs> oh, Dumb and Dumber. Yes. <laughs> oh, Ryan, you get the long one today. I got two more here. again. The legend had it coming. Find out where Robin Hood put his little John. What made Will Scarlet? And did Fry and what did Friar tuck into his tights that made Maid Marian all of a quiver? Legend of Robin Hood? No, Jenny? Robin Hood men in men in tights. Correct. <laughs> all right. L- last two men of tights. I'll let I'll let the two lovely ladies finish up. Jen, they're young, they're in love, and they kill people. Oh, um, hold on. Oh, Jennifer. It's this movie with Christian Slater oh. and Patricia Arquette. No? Incorrect. It's not true oh. romance. Oh, it's not? No. Oh, they're young and they're Meg, any guesses I think here? I know. And they kill people? Bang, 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 Bonnie and Clyde. Very good. Oh. Bonnie and Clyde. And Meg, <laughs> I'll let you finish off. Re- relive the best seven years of your college education. Oh, God. Um, the best seven years. Uh, oh, God. Um, is it one with Will Ferrell? No, it's not old school. I thought it was okay. old school. Yeah, all right, then I don't know. Jen? Uh, relive the last seven years. Is it Van Wilder? No, oh. Animal House. Oh, Animal House. Oh. Uh, okay, well, Van we were in around the same. Yeah, Van Wilder, pretty much, it's it's the same. I do like that one. Uh, I baby, do like Van Wilder. Baby yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Baby Ryan Reynolds. Baby, baby Deadpool. Deadpool. <laughs> all right, hey. so, so Jinx. So that wraps up our game this week. Good, Good game. Meg, you did really well. Thank you. All right. So let's move on to what we hear today. Comic book origin films. I came up with this with this idea after Jen and I were on the couch. I inspired you. Yes, I will give Jen credit here. (laughs) We were on the couch and we were just talking about Batman Begins and how great it is and how uh, Jen doesn't like it. And she's like, there's better Batman origin films out there. And I'm like, I hate it. It's just a little slow for me. It's not. It is. It's so wonderful. It is for me. 
But that, that made me realize I'm like, we've never done this before, so let's do it. All right, so I'm going to kick it off with some honorable mentions, and then I'm going to go through 10 through 6, and then we'll move on from there. So honorable mentions I have here, I have Kick-Ass. Oh. I also have... So I wasn't sure if this is really an origin film, but Black Panther... It is. It is. It is. It is. No, I see. That's tough. But isn't he already in exactly. the suit by then? Yes, because in Civil War, he's already Black Panther in the suit. He's not- but in this movie, his father dies, so he becomes ki- the king. Yes. That's where I'm like, I was torn whether to put it in. If not, it would Well, it's been on in. my list, so it's an origin film. I'm declaring <laughs> it now. Excuse that me. That just makes it real. <laughs> it's happening, guys. And then um, I have the entire MCU outside of Thor and Hulk. <laughs> That's a lot. It's a lot. But I do have some MC- actual MCU films in here. So my number 10 um, is Spider-Man. The Toby? Which one? Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Okay. So... While the movie has not aged well in terms of Toby in the role, I think it does a really good job for the time of introducing us to Spider-Man, introducing us to Peter, introducing us to all the characters involved in his life. And I think out of the times we've seen the relationship with Uncle Ben, I think this is the best one. No offense to Martin Sheen and Andrew Garfield, but that that ain't it. Um, You really feel when Uncle Ben dies... Yeah. And I think that's credit to yeah. Sam Raimi's direction. Uh, and also, the Macho Man Randy Savage is in this movie. I mean, come on. Let's, let's be serious. I forgot about that. Bonesaw, baby. Bonesaw. And I think William Defoe is a great Green Goblin. I think yeah. he's fantastic. I think he's a good villain. The, Always a good villain. Obviously, the only thing I really have an issue with this movie is just he's too old. Yeah. I mean, he's still young looking, but he's too old to play Peter Parker. I looked, a high schooler Peter yeah. Parker. I looked it up. Because he's, and what, 25? Yeah. You yeah. know how, like, we all love the Breakfast Club here, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. They're the majority of them are in their twenties, right? Yep. Right. But they still Brad look Pat. like they're in high school, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Toby doesn't look like he's in high school. Kirsten Dunst doesn't look like she's in high school. And who plays Flash again? That's your your boy, Joe Magniello. Yes. Oh Mag- yes. So he does. He, he def- looked like he was in his thirties. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only gripe that I have. But as an origin film, I think it does a great job, and. That's why I threw it on there. I was going to throw Deadpool in there, but I'm like, I think this is a better film. And that's just my two cents. I know, Ryan, you probably hate me for that. Uh, (laughs) Number nine, I have Captain America, the first First. Avenger. No, I was going to do Captain America from the 1990s. Yeah. (laughs) The Italian Red Skull. Uh, Captain America is, outside of Spider-Man, my favorite Marvel hero. And seeing that they never had gotten him right, and seeing that we Chris Evans was born for this role. I think it does a great, great job of making us care about Steve. And most importantly, I think it establishes when you watch the MCU in chronological order, I think it establishes what we get at the end of Endgame as one of the most important shots in the entire universe. Because Steve finally getting that dance with Peg broke Mm -hmm. me broke me and the fact that it establishes it not just him as a hero as mr do the right thing but also that relationship that he will never break because he loves her and finally culminates it at the end with his one selfish act in the entire franchise universe i think it does a fantastic job and hugo weaving as the red skull is 
fantastic. But like going back real quick to the end game part, yep. it made Steve's story come in a total full circle. Yep, absolutely. I, and I agree with you. I broke at that scene. I um I was actually a few months before, probably six to seven months before we um we saw Endgame. I kept saying on the podcast how I don't care what I don't care what happens the rest of this movie as long as Steve ends with Peg because we all knew there was going to be time travel. So in my head, I'm <laughs> like, I just I just want them together because he's never he really goes 20 something movies and he never has a selfish act the entire entire universe and i'm like if anyone deserves it it's steve and as a wait for cap to leave for for uh, chris evans to leave it was perfect absolute perfection i cried like 17 times in endgame so i am <laughs> i am uh <laughs> that was definitely it jen saw i think jenny didn't notice i was crying until that scene <laughs> I noticed. I was like, oh my God, but they end up together finally. <laughs> She's like, yeah, no, I know. I and, noticed. And the song that's playing, I believe, is the song uh, that is first teased in um, in First Avenger. So my number eight is Iron Man. I mean, the reason I, I in my MCU rankings, I put First Avenger over Iron Man. I think I like that as a better movie. But with this, I think it's... Without this, we don't even get Captain America. So yeah. this, the importance of this movie and its origin and making us care about Iron Man was so critical. And I think this hits harder is because I, I don't know if you guys agree. I think Iron Man is a before this, before the MCU was maybe like a B level, C level Marvel character. I mm-hmm. he, he wasn't top tier. Captain America always was near top tier or at least B level Marvel character. Iron Man wasn't. And for the fact that we're able to get RDJ breakthrough here and villain stinks. I think villain is God awful. It was Ironmonger. And I love Jeff is Jeff Bridges, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I love Jeff Bridges, but it just, he doesn't hit well for me, but my favorite scene in, in Iron Man, I forgot to mention before was the cave scene. When he's building the suit? Yep. When he first builds the suit and he escapes. Mm. I may uh, or may not have that on cool. my list. Cool. And then first, I forgot to mention my favorite scene with Captain America is um, very subtle early in the beginning of the movie where Skinny Skinny Steve jumps on the grenade. And that's when they realize, all right, this is the guy we're going to give the, the super serum to. And then Spider-Man, I, I, I really, I mean, it's me being a wrestling fan. I just love the stuff with <laughs> with bone so i think it's fantastic uh moving on number number seven is a movie that i didn't care about this character i didn't know about this character too much never read the comics but absolutely fell in love with the movie is shazam oh yeah i (laughs) i'm very disappointed you love you love love him him so much oh all right i'll rework this so i I, (laughs) i'm really not the only thing i know about Shazam is that he's the original Captain Marvel <laughs> and the fact that Zach Zach Levy is so great in this role and he makes you care about the character he makes you care about why you know the imp- are you okay Jenny <laughs> yeah I'm having a tough time now Jen- Jenny is for for the listeners Jenny's just making weird faces right now because she's very perplexed I'm looking about through this my list. list now and I'm like what do I cut all right so yeah so <laughs> I've <laughs> Villain, I also think sucks here, but I've noticed with these origin films, for the most of them, for the majority of them, the villains are not that great. So yeah. that that's 
a big issue that I see here. But in terms of my favorite scene for Shazam, it's the formation of the Marvel family at the at the fair or the Shazam family, whatever they're going to call it here. Uh, that's my number seven. My number six is another uh, group of folks that I had no idea about before, prior to seeing the movie, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy. Awesome. Guardians of the Galaxy still remains one of my favorite mcu movies it is hilarious it is heartfelt everyone in this movie kicks ass i would say my favorite scene and probably the best acting vin diesel has ever done is groot sacrifice (laughs) i agree (laughs) i i will say that vin diesel has never been better than saying the words i am groot the entire movie did you ever see the video of him recording no does he do anything different outside of just saying i am groot no, it's just him saying I am Groot, but it's just the like the the dedication and like the way like you actually see his veins pop out a little bit, like just how intensely he's saying I am Groot. That's wonderful. Good. I, I need to find it and send it to you. Yeah, send it to I me. crack up every time. It's if I'm good. in a bad mood, I'll watch that. It's good to see Vin Diesel <laughs> actually try in a movie. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna let Jenny go. go I'm gonna let Jenny go last because she seems very perplexed here. No, I'm good. Ryan. I'm good. I'm ready. Okay, go for it, Jennifer. Oh, you want me to go first? Yes. Next? Okay. So, my number 10. This is tough, but... Okay, no. Honorable mention. Yeah. Deadpool. I had to take him off my list now. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, Ryan Reynolds. Um, so, I took Deadpool. So funny. R-rated. Hilarious. I think this was great casting. I think his comedic timing is fantastic. Um, one of my favorite scenes is with um, Negasonic. Anything with him and Negasonic Teenage Warhead yes. is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Just the deadpan. It's, it's great. Um, my number 10, um, despite the slower pacing of the movie, I put Batman Begins. Oh, that's number oh. 10. That's number 10. That hurts. You, <laughs> um, I couldn't have. This I'm surprised list. it's on her list, to be honest. Actually, I couldn't have this on. A, I couldn't do this list without putting Batman on it. Because well, I will say, I mean, apart from our recent iteration of Wonder Woman, I've always known Batman to be one of my favorite superheroes because I grew up with Batman '89 and Batman Returns. Like seeing Batman Returns. Uh, in theaters. Excuse me. What? Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Yes, Batman and Let's Robin. Put and some respect that. on that yes. name. Those were in there later, but in the beginning, it was Batman and Batman Returns for me. So I couldn't do this list without having Batman in some form. And then this is all part of the discussion that David and I had was the fact that Batman 89 is not truly an origin story in that sense because he's already. Bruce Wayne is already Batman, and so and besides the the flashback to his parents you dying, what it's I was, not a full. What I was going to say, um, and I, the movie I, I was going to mention to Ryan that was an honorable mention that I can consider a Batman origin in a way is Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, I and saw I, that on a list. I saw that on a few lists actually because too, when I was doing research. It the fact that it includes little flashbacks is what kills me because if you just look at it from beginning to end, it is a really good origin story for him. But go ahead, sorry to cut you off. So um, I think so for Batman Begins, you know, we see him training. Um, I think Christopher Nolan gave a lot of Batman fans what they were waiting for, which was like a real like 
you see him training, you see him, you see the transition, you see why he goes off and he leaves and then he comes back and why he's doing what he's doing. Um, and he's really sort of just transcending and becoming this sort of mythical figure for Gotham. Um, yeah, I think it also works well because it's not just a superhero movie, but it's sort of a crime drama just with all the cinematography, um, you know, it's just a great movie. Too bad you but don't like it. But the pacing is slow. <laughs> I personally like Dark, The Dark Knight. Of course. But, you know, that's just me. Of course. It's the best. My number nine is Superman 1978. I have it a little higher. Oh. Only because to me, yes, Henry Cavill did a great job as Superman. But for me, it's Christopher Reeve. Like when I think of Superman and for the longest time, it was always Christopher Reeve. Now, while not every entry into this franchise is fantastic. I think Superman 78 is strong. It has a strong cast. Uh, Margot uh, Kidder, Marlon Brando, Terrence Stamp, Gene Hackman. Like, those were A-list players. This set the bar for future superhero movies. This showed that it's not just like, you know, you could turn a comic book into a movie with a solid cast, with the right writing, with the right setup. Some of the physical, some of the effects are a little hokey now, but back then they were, you know, they were stellar for the time. Do you know that how much Marlon Brando was paid for uh, four days of work? I don't. How much? One million dollars. And they needed to get him because uh, that's the only way the movie probably would have made any money because no one really. I mean, comic books were frowned upon at the time. Yeah. OK, go ahead. Uh, and my favorite scene out of this, I didn't do favorite scene for everything, but for this one, uh, it's when he catches Lois. When, when, he, when, you, when she first meets Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that scene. I just always thought it was really funny. Um, my number eight is Doctor Strange. Really? Um, yes. Nice surprise. I love that. So That's really a good en- entry. I really enjoyed Doctor Strange a lot. I never really knew too much about Stephen Strange. Uh, and I never really, you know, I probably might get stuff for this, but I've never seen Doctor Who. I know it's a show that I could probably get into, but I feel because it's so many seasons and so many different iterations of the Doctor, I would need to start at somewhere um but i thought benedict cumberbatch was really really good cumberbatch yeah and uh (laughs) i love the way like i think the effects in this movie are really strong Mm -hmm. i think just really showing off his psychedelic powers the magic um i love tilda swinton in it um and my favorite scene is anytime he had to do the cloak of levitation yes because i thought that was hilarious i think sam raimi's gonna kill it i think he'll do the job so well so well my number seven is iron man because this is i remember seeing this in theaters this started us all off on this journey um robert downey jr i've always been a fan of him so i thought he was perfect to to be the arrogant tony stark and then this was also a character that at the time didn't know much about um and my favorite scene is when he does build the suit and we get that first and i just feel like it really set the bar for everything else we were going to expect in the movies um and my number six is Captain America, the first Avenger. Aww. Hello, Chris Evans. Um, so now Chris Evans is no longer. I agree with this. Johnny, <laughs> he's no longer Johnny Storm. Um, and now he is Captain America. And I think the film did a really good job of establishing him um, as Steve Rogers. But also Chris Evans, like you kind of just after seeing this movie, you forget that he was even in Fantastic Four. Yeah, like yeah. you don't, you know, you it know, but you don't movie. know. 
Um, I also love anything when there's, it, again, might sound morbid, but I love World War II settings. Um, I think because I, I've always found it to be a really interesting part of history. So too I bad you don't fact. like war movies. Yes, but I do like history, <laughs> like World War Two. Anyway, whatever. Don't get on me, Dave. Um, and I thought this had a really good cast, the chemistry with Peggy, and mm-hmm. yeah. And the favorite scene is really just when he's like, he sort of goes from like the no bully scene, yeah, and then like the you know. He's and that was your number up. six. That was my number six. Ryan, go ahead. All right. Um, my honorable mentions are Shazam, Spider Man, and Ant Man. Um, my number 10 is Superman. Uh, like Johnny said, really good movie. Um, back then you, the made you believe a man can fly. Uh, my favorite scene is when, uh, baby Superman rise and make, and he lifts the car. My number nine is Dr. Strange. I recently rewatched it this week and I fell in love with it all over again. I really do like this movie. Underrated um, gem in the MCU, I think. Yeah, it really is underrated. And I, Me- like you said it best, Dave, re- Sam Raimi is going to kill it, I believe. Meg, are you a Doctor Strange fan? You know, I've only seen it once, but I, I'm probably going to become a bigger fan of it because I'm going to rewatch it just before um, it comes out. Mm-hmm. So like, I did enjoy it, but probably not to the extent I probably could have enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, Ry, go ahead. Yeah, my favorite <laughs> scene for that was uh, Dor- Dor- uh, Dormammu Lope. Yes, the Dormammu loop is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he just keeps dying in different ways. Another, um, by the way, another movie, terrible villain. Yeah. Um, number eight, Captain America, First Avenger. Um, you know, made me care about a character I actually didn't care about. Really? Um, you didn't like him as a character before? No, <sighs> I didn't. I, I'm not much of a Goody Two Shoes character favorite. <laughs> like, if you're a Goody Two Shoes, I don't care for you mostly, but I cared about. And, uh, I cared about Captain America after watching this movie. And my favorite scene for this time around, I uh, went with the fight behind the movie theater where we first get I Can Do This All Day. Oh, yeah. Um, number seven, I went with uh, X-Men First Class. Um, great movie. Again, I rewatched it for this list. Uh, just solid, solid film. Um, great origin all around for all the different characters. But for the, my favorite scene this summer, I went for all the kids naming each other. Nice. I like that. And that was your and my six. Number, number six is now. That was my number seven. Okay, go ahead. And my number six is Iron Man. And I went with, I mean, it started everything. And my favorite scene is where he straight up says, I am Iron, Iron Man, Man, which starts everything. And then it ends everything. Oh, sad. That's not morbid at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Meg, you're up. All right, so we're going through six, correct? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> I got some controversial titles on here, some that uh, the listeners and you guys might not even agree are indeed origin because they're not all superheroes. But I like to stir the pot. So for honorable mention, okay, feel free to laugh. I actually threw in Josie and the Pussycats. No, that is a comic book, isn't it? It is. It was based on a comic. But what I like about it is that it doesn't take itself seriously at all. And it just makes fun of itself with like the blatant product advertising. No, it's a really good. I mean, I really like it. So I agree with you. Now, when you said it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it it is an origin story. Yeah, because even though like they were already the Pussycats when the movie began, like they really you see them going from like this little garage band to like superstardom. Yeah. Alan Cumming is hilarious. 
Um, oh, my God. Yes. She's iconic in any movie she does. Like, I'll just I'll fight that to the day I die. And it's like they only used they didn't use like everybody knows that Josie's a spinoff of Archie, but they used just enough of element just to, nah, I could talk just enough <laughs> elements from the Archie comics to be able to stand up on their own without needing to use it as a crutch. Right. If that makes sense. OK, so my number 10 uh teenage mutant ninja turtles oh my god how did i forget about that so oh I chose my god <laughs> i am embarrassed <laughs> I, you need to rework your list now david oh no all right go i'm sorry cut how you off how originally is that because they're already fully grown turtles that's why i didn't add that to my list go hmm. ahead meg okay no I, I i totally respect that I think it's. I think this isn't. Re- I think the reason it's number ten for me is because it's not so much of an origin tale, but it's just because it's the first time we're kind of seeing them. Mm-hmm. True. So I think that's why it ranked. Like the the movie is iconic. Like there's yeah, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, no doubt there. Right, but it's just because it's kind of the first time we're. The, yes, they're already the Ninja Turtles, but it's one of the first times we're really seeing them, you know, battling Shredder. I have a question, Meg. Who do you think the leader of the Turtles are? Um, it's it's a battle between Leonardo and Raphael. Okay, that that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> all of you, c- c- my thank favorite's you. Mikey. You think it? You think it's Mikey? No, her no, favorite. No, 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 my favorite is Mikey. My favorite. My favorite is Ralph. It's funny you mentioned Mikey because uh, at Jen's day job, my nine to five. Job, her nine to five job. Shout we have out a to turtle. T- they have a turtle, and it ha- and I. The turtle has no name. Actually, it has no name. So I um. I saw it, and it has orange stripes. And I'm like, why is this turtle not named Mikey? Like, And she's like, I don't know. It doesn't have a name. And I'm like, this is Mikey. I need to take this turtle home. I want this turtle. You do. It is. It needs- if, if, when Jen, when Jen goes back to an off, the office, I'll tell her to take a picture so I can show you. And you'll Please agree. Do. And it looks it's perfect. It has the orange stripes where it needs to be. It is perfection. <gasps> Okay, yes, I need that picture like ASAP sneak into the <laughs> office right now. <laughs> I'm I'm just glad someone else thinks Raphael is, is the debatable leader. leader because, you know, it's facts. You know, I feel like it's kind of like Leonardo is the even though Donatello's the smart one. Yes. You got you got like Raphael is the brawn and Leo is the brain. It's like the Tony Stark the Captain America Iron Man debate. Like who's the leader of the Avengers? Yeah. One's got the fight. Yep. If that uh, makes sense. All right, go ahead. Sorry okay. to cut you off there. No, it's fine. I, I mean, I like debates. So my number nine is actually Wanted. Fuck, oh, that's a good yeah. one. That's a really good one. That's, that's a good solid. One. It was, yeah, because like you see Wesley going from this frustrated account manager, and then he discovers he's the son of a professional assassin. So it literally shows like his origins because he he's like a miserable miserable employee to a badass assassin, and the movie, like, it, it kind of, in certain scenes, it takes itself seriously, but in certain scenes, it doesn't, and it works in its favor. Um, like, it knows it's over the top, but regardless, you find yourself completely sold on its story, and then it just makes everything okay. Yeah. Even yeah. though you know it's totally over the top. I remember that movie, especially for the fact that it was the movie that came out before The Dark Knight. The week before The Dark Knight. Yes. So I remember I love going... that bullet scene. Yes. The curved <laughs> yes. bullet? Yeah. And I'm I remember, like, no one can do that. And I remember going, and it's funny, it's like I felt, at the, I guess people were saving their money because when I went to see it, there was the theater was pretty empty. 
And I'm like, but this movie's so good. People need to see I it. I actually saw it in, on TV. It was the first time I saw oh, it. Oh, man. Because I missed it. And it was my first exposure to James McAvoy. The um the song that Danny Elfman did for that movie, The Little Things, mm-hmm. it is still on my Spotify playlist to this day. Awesome. It is such a good And yeah, that's I can't, good that's a really good one. I can't, I'm uh very upset that I missed that one too. You're two for two with which surprised I me. What's <laughs> All right. Uh, go ahead. Okay, so number eight, it's okay. Another controversial title. It's actually Age of Ultron. <laughs> There's <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> I could defend it, all right? Go for Hold it. Hold your pukes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so even though, like, you know, the original Avengers, it, it kind of showed how they formed, the only reason I chose it is because it's, A, it's the underdog, and I always love the underdog, and it's, in a way, it's kind of an origin story for uh, Wanda and Pietro. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. like No, no, it is. Already- absolutely is. You're 100% yeah. right there. They already have their powers and everything, but it's like it shows their progression from being on the opposite team to Wanda, not so much Pietro, becoming an Avenger. You, you, you salvaged it for him. You, this is the first time it's, I think I've ever heard any positive thoughts about Age of Ultron that I agree with. That is actually a really good take. I like that a lot because I think Wanda is very underrated in the in the MCU my favorite next to black widow it's funny because i don't know if you've seen this on instagram i think this was like two months like a month or two ago they put out like you know how instagram some pages post uh make your all avengers team with ten dollars all that nonsense they have black widow at a dollar and on my head i'm like yo she's like one of the most powerful ones out of them all so sure i'll take her for a dollar because she's a woman didn't you know don't start we are the lesser sex I agree. That's why we get paid 80 cents on the dollar. Yeah. <laughs> maybe one day we'll hit 90. 95, maybe. Well, you guys have Wonder Woman. Yes, we have Wonder Woman. She's coming. <laughs> oh, I know she's okay. coming. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so number That's seven. That's what she said. Is, uh, wow. <laughs> number seven is Deadpool. Okay. Nice. Deadpool. Um, I mean, what can, what can really be said apart from what we've already said already? Um, my favorite scene is the opening scene. Just because from straight out the gate, like, you know what type of movie you're in for, even if you've never seen the trailer or read the comics. And the fact that it constantly breaks the fourth wall, because superhero movies tend to be kind of serious and Deadpool's like, no BS, like, F you and you're stupid, blah, blah, blah. And I, I like that because it's so different than the typical superhero movies that we're used to hearing yep. or seeing. Um, okay, number six, right? That's what we want to? Yep. yep. Okay. Another controversial title. Birds of Prey. No, nice. not at all. Not at all. That's a good one. I like that a lot. So, two favorite scenes, but I'll get to those after. Um, actually, no, I'll get into it. Uh, the final fight. Yes. Nice. Because so, so good. Oh, my God. So even though it's not a traditional origin tale, Harley comes into her own after the whole breakup. Um, and plus, you know, the formation of the Birds of Prey. Yep. Um, but the hair tie, the hair tie scene, it's so simple. And Jen, you'll, I think you'll agree with me on this. Um, but it's like iconic because it's a true mark of like female friendship and you know, you don't really see that not the female friendship, but the hair tie aspect because you always see girls like kicking ass and with long hair and it's the hair is always perfect. Yeah. So this it took the time to really show that like, hey, you know what? Guys have it easier, girls our hair is everywhere, a little hair tie. 
And you um, don't show, I think you don't show that. I think that's like a real thing, right? Like you're going to ask your best friend or your friend like for a hair tie. And like you don't see that, especially you kind of made me think of like an uh, end game, right? When you have all the women mantle yes. together. No one's asking for a hair tie there or yep. everyone's perfectly quaffed running in a heel or a platform. <laughs> And even like 10 minutes into battle, their hair is still perfect. Yeah. Not a frizz or hair out of place. So I have a question, Meg and Jenny. Okay. What do you guys feel about um, poor man Jessica Chastain in Jurassic World running around in those heels? I'm for... not surprised. I said that to you when we first saw it. I was like, really? If it was... were me, I would have taken it off and gone full barefoot. Right? I can't run that fast in heels. I can barely walk in them. Yeah. <laughs> I was... It's it it's the little things. That's why I really love that you went with that scene, because it's so it's it's so simplistic and so, subtle, but it works so well. I think on this next movie, because I think they um, tweeted some photos of her. She has a ton of bruises, so it seems that Bryce Dallas, uh, no, not Jessica Chastain, Bryce Dallas Howard, Bryce Dallas Howard yes. is doing all of her stunts. That's stunts, and yeah. I think they made they made a joke about it in Fallen Kingdom about her not wearing heels. Yeah. Which is which is awesome. All right, Matt, go ahead. <laughs> I know the uh, the other scene I wrote. Um, the scene with the egg sandwich. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, doesn't that look and so gag, good? Whole movie, and literally every time I watch it, I always want an egg sandwich, and <laughs> like, it never fails. I'm always like, I gotta we got a sausage, egg, and cheese right now. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I um... and you see it in her eyes, and then when she loses the sandwich, like you feel really bad for her, but it's just a sandwich. It's probably in that movie. I loved it. I think it's probably in my top three of the DCEU. So it's really, really solid. All right, go ahead, Meg. Um, that, was, oh, that was your six. Sixth. Oh, perfect. All right, cool. You're up, David. Oh, man. My number five is X-Men First Class. I would uh, say it's the second best X-Men movie. Yeah, I would say it's the second best X-Men movie after Days of Future Past. Sorry to those fans of X-Men 2. Uh, I think for the garbage that we were given in 2006 with The Last Stand, I had zero anticipation for it. Uh, I had a buddy of mine that saw a press screening probably a week or two before the movie came out, and that's when I started hearing solid buzz about it. Everything about this movie is a perfect origin story because i don't think it's just an origin story of the x-men as a whole you get an origin story of professor x and magneto which is extremely heartbreaking as a whole that opening scene with magneto is Mm -hmm. insanely heartbreaking and they're Uh, both so good mm -hmm. and they're both incredible in it this makes fassbender as magneto makes me want an r-rated origin story of him (laughs) because of how dark they can get and to understand why he is the way he is um but everything outside of McAvoy, it's my first exposure to Jennifer Lawrence, and I adore Jennifer Lawrence. Aww. She's a goddess. I love everything she does. Blah, uh, blah, blah. And I think Nicholas, <laughs> what, Nicholas Holt is great as Beast. Nicholas Holt. Yeah, he's really good. He's, everyone's solid. I think he gets I think, better, too. And in terms of my favorite scene, I actually really, really like everything. And it's very morbid. It sounds very morbid. But when they're on the island in Cuba and he gets paralyzed... When Professor X is paralyzed oh, and the emotion yeah. that everyone shows towards him getting paralyzed is incredible. It's such, such great stuff. My number four is Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why you, mm-hmm. My heart hurts that it's so low. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. And it's so low. Thanks, David. It's cool. 
she's going to climb soon. Oh, yeah, I agree. Which goes to my favorite scene in No Man's Land when she climbs those stairs. Yeah. Yes! Yes! Um, no, the whole movie as a whole is fantastic. But there I is know, a but. I know where it's coming. I know where it's going. The end is very. It's it's. You have this incredible origin story of a fish out of water. It works so well. Gal Gadot is Gal Gadot is incredible in it. But then we get to the end, and goes back to the villain story, and it becomes a CGI mess. With Ares. That, that I hope that Patty brings it in with, a uh, nineteen eighty four, and just focuses more on. Plus, we have a female villain this time. Yeah. I don't yeah. like Cheetah. Or, or so we think, right? Like, that could be the villain be that we think. That could be our Dr. Maru could in be. this one. Yeah. No, I think Cheetah's the villain. Okay. I think she's the villain. Or um, th- what's the Mandalorian's name? Pedro Pascal. He's in it. Well, I think he's he, like the human villain. Yeah. And then then Kristen Wiig. So, but it, going back to Wonder Woman, I think Gal Gadol's incredible in it. And I think... Because it changes tones a bit in terms of where it it ends up and where it starts, I think that's the only mark I have the chink on on that armor. But the movie's fantastic. It's the best DCEU movie, like by a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot. And you Hands can tell, down. and you can see. And I don't want to throw shade on Josh Whedon, but I am. You can tell a woman directing Wonder Woman and a man directing Wonder Woman. And how and the biggest difference, such a difference in cinematography and what they focus on. And Jen always brings it to our our attention when we watch a movie, when you can see a woman directing and a man directing. And yeah, you mentioned it after Justice League, how yeah, he and filmed I, her I mean, compared even to Patty. I think just the way that Patty filmed, and I'll probably talk about this more anyhow soon, but Patty just filmed all of the women uh, the Amazonian women in Themyscira. The I think it's the Say Whatever. That, say However that five, say that it. five times. Yeah. You can even say it once. Um, <laughs> so, like, just the fact that, like, you see Robin Wright, like, coming in and she's, like, this badass, like, fighting and all that. I feel like we would have gotten, like, less of that fighting scene and, like, not that focus with, like, a male director. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like she was focusing, like, these women are running this island they're i mean granted they're the only women on the island but they're running everything they're doing everything better than a man they're probably fighting better than a man like they're doing all of these things and it's just like yeah and i think different while i hate Zack snyder and i think he's a terrible director he directed her well there i mean in batman v superman she has one of the best first appearances yeah like ever in a comic book movie I think he does a good job with her there, and I think Patty just mm-hmm. elevates it to to ten, and because Patty knows what a color palette is, so yes. that that really that really helps. Um, <laughs> next up for me, number three is Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Wow, that's nice. low for you, lower than I thought it would be. Yeah. Oh, I guess because Batman Begins is number one. It's not number one. Oh, it's number two. That's a shocker. Yeah, you'll you'll see. Uh huh. So my uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. I think it it's seeing. I mean. I've talked about this about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse before and how I love the fact that I see a Latino on as Spider-Man as a superhero on the big screen, whether it's animated or not. It's like for a little kid reading comic books, just seeing now kind of me represented on, on the big screen 
as a comic book hero, a superhero, it was pretty awesome. Uh, and I just love where he came from, from a diverse family and how he becomes Spider-Man. The fact that he needs to have faith in himself. He has the he has a spidey sense, but he doesn't know how to use it. He doesn't have the faith in himself, which coincides with my favorite scene of him jumping off and taking that leap of faith. And towards the end, towards the end. Yeah. And that song, What Up Danger, playing at the same time. It's fantastic. And I think everything about that movie is incredible outside of Miles Morales. I think Jake Johnson as one uh, as Peter Parker Spider-Man, yeah. is great, is awesome. The other scene I wanted to mention that's pretty funny is the fact that when all the Spider-Men meet happens to be in yeah. Aunt May's house because they know that's where they go. They just happen <laughs> to all go to Aunt May. I think that's <laughs> hilarious. And also... um very subtle when they're eating the bagel, when Jake Johnson's eating the bagel uh-huh. and he's taking, picking it up slowly. He's like, I'm eating a bagel right now as Dr. O- uh, well, no, it's female Dr. Octopus, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, in that one. So she's it's Catherine Hahn. Yeah. yeah. So she's going after them there. I think that's fantastic. And my number two is Batman Begins. Um, Batman's my favorite superhero. And I'm sorry, I, say that again. Batman is my favorite superhero okay. by a very large margin. Um, and I think I love Batman and Robin. I have no shame. It's my favorite guilty pleasure of all time. But that's not Batman. <laughs> that's nothing like Batman. So I love the fact that not only do we get a real life, cl- as close to real life version of Batman as we're going to get, we're actually going to get an origin story despite you know us having 89 and stuff. I think what really works well for Batman Begins is the fact that Christopher Nolan is a great director. That's one. And two, he takes it into the real world. It just it feels like we're watching a movie that's lived in, not a movie that's shot on a soundstage. And I think 90s and maybe early 2000 comic book movies suffer from that. Like you it, you feel like you're watching people on a soundstage. Uh, Christian Bale is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal in the role. He is an incredible. I think he's the best Bruce Wayne. His Batman is leaves a little bit to be desired, but I think he's an incredible Bruce Wayne. I love the stuff that they cover with the with the League of Shadows, and they make Ra's al Ghul as a very credible villain because I think fans of Batman know who Ra's al Ghul is, but casual Batman fans don't really know how important Ra's al Ghul really is to. Bruce Wayne and to Batman and the fact that they're able to establish that and they do a great twist with Liam Neeson because they make you think that this that Ra's al Ghul is dead and the Scarecrow is the only villain so I really do like that twist um, my favorite scene is actually a moment with him and Alfred where um, uh, Wayne Manor is on fire and then Bruce Wayne tells Alfred you never gave up on me and he's like never so, <laughs> so yeah, that's my that's my number two. Batman Begins. How did he say it? Say it one more time. Never. I think I think I nailed. I, is that a great British accent or is that a great British accent? It's okay. Never. That's how he says it. So, what's your number one now? <laughs> my number one's gonna hold because we're gonna do five through two, and then we're gonna do no, no number oh, one. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Jen. All right. So my number five is Black Panther. That's where I said this is an origin story because I say so. Um, <laughs> It just is. I just thought it was such a good movie. The it's soundtrack, so like everything, the cast. Um, it was such a good story. I think it touches on so many different themes. You know, your challenging power structures, the absence 
of your father, um, African uh, diaspora, Western views of Africa, tradition versus change, the conflicting best, identities, and violent masculinity. The best villain in the MCU. He's so good. I love mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. just because, like, I've known him from his days um, as all, in All My Children. So I'm throwing it way back when he was like. 12 or something and uh i just did i think they did a terrific job um i think and my favorite scene actually is um when they go when they the welcome to wakanda like just the fact of them like the whole scene them flying in and you see everything and you're just all of the colors um okay my number four is shazam Oh, good. You that <laughs> That's up what I, it went from not on the list to all the way to number four. Yeah, I, I kicked out Deadpool. So obviously <laughs> I have a soft spot for Zachary Levy just from um, his days as Chuck. And so I was really excited for for him to be a superhero. Um, I love the whole Shazam family in it. I love the fact that like we got a little Seth Cohen in there with in Adam Brody, uh, Megan Good, throwing it back to like Nickelodeon days. Um, just, it was funny. It was comedic. Um, so I guess your favorite scene is when the Marvel family forms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number three is guardians of the galaxy. Good job. So this is an origin because we uh, absolutely had never, is. You know, absolutely is. and I had never heard of the guardians of the galaxy before this movie. Um, I think Chris Pratt is my favorite. He's, I mean, really? obviously grew, oh, grew, but not rocket. Rocket's funny, but Rocket feels like me. But Groot is like so cute. Yeah, Rocket is definitely you, David. Um, but Chris Pratt like is so good as Star Lord. He's yeah. so charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, the soundtrack to this movie is, is fire. Yeah. Like the way they're able to just like interweave the songs. Um, and then yeah, my favorite scene is really the opening. Just come and get your love. I think is so good. Um, my number two is. Um, Wonder Woman. Spider-Man into the (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Verse. I guess Wonder Woman is not your Um, number two. Miles Morales is so good. I think he's so relatable as a teenager. The actor is also in the movie. The actor that plays Miles is also in the movie Dope, which I highly, highly recommend. That's right. Um, The animation is so good. So modern. Um, A comic book movie brought to life i remember david and i were at new york comic-con and we actually got to see a preview of the first 45 minutes before it was done like there was there were things that like you would see in the animation they showed us that like were placeholders that they had to put in and it was just so good like you just didn't want to stop watching um i think i love seeing all the different spider-mans i just think it was funny it was so good i think it's such a great watch you know what i missed Um, uh what I that I forgot to add. What yeah. I really love about that movie is at the beginning of the movie, it actually has the approved by the Comics Code Authority. Oh yeah, that one is a little. It's nods like a to nod to like comic book readers. It's awesome. So that's it until. All right, Ryan, go one. ahead. My number five is Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, just like everyone else, I had no idea what the hell Guardians of the Galaxy was until they released it, and I fell in love right away. My favorite scene is the prison scene where Rocket, <laughs> a.k.a. David, apparently, uh, steals a guy's leg <laughs> or has the leg stolen. Um, my number four is Wonder Woman. Um, I, Ryan, movie. I think you should really do <laughs> the song. entire theme, so, theme 
theme song from the to show the right show. now. <laughs> no, that's the best you're getting. It's Wonder Woman. <laughs> but um, just such a great movie. Again, I rewatched that this week. And um, No Man's Land, Ice Cream. But I did go, this time I went with when uh, Wonder Woman meets slash saves Trevor. And just that entire battle in Themyscira. Just uh, so well done. Um, number three. Uh, I did not have to kick this off my list. I'm like, Jenny, Deadpool. Um, <laughs> Damn, so. Ryan See, now, now it's appropriate, because last week I was very surprised you had it as low as you did, but this is this is very appropriate for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was surprised with myself when I was listening back, actually. Um, but no, number three, Deadpool, funny as hell, just... I. Yeah, I went, and this time I went with the ski ball scene when with him and Vanessa, his balls and holes. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, I went with Batman Begins. Uh, David, you just took, you said it best. They did the best they, best Batman origin movie I think they possibly could, outside of maybe a, the animated year one movie. Um, and yeah, I went with the training scene. With League of Shadows. Love it. And that's my number two. All right, Meg. What do you got? All right. Number five. I have Captain Marvel. While it's not the strongest origin tale, I is one of my favorites. Um, the scene I chose was when she finally chooses her color scheme. Um, it was a very simple scene just out, you know, before she goes to, for the final fight. But it shows her final steps in becoming Captain Marvel and, like, kind of coming into her own as her final transportation, uh, transportation, listening, transformation away from the Star Force. Do you feel, question, do you feel like okay. the movie was placed, I know why it was released so late. We all know why it was re- released so mm-hmm. late. But do you think that it struggled with feeling like a phase one Marvel movie in a, when we were already in phase three? Like, like it, yeah. it belongs in 2008, not 2019. Even 2012, I would have taken, but not yeah. in 2019. Also, I'm incredibly bitter that uh, that Captain Marvel got the female, the first female superhero movie versus Black, Black Widow. Widow. Yep, like she, Black Widow should have been made in like 2015, like not even like much earlier than that. But that's a battle for another day. <laughs> <laughs> My number four is Captain America: The First Avenger. Woo! Um, I mean, what else can we really say? Like, we've all brought up amazing, amazing points to it. And I think, David, I think you were the one that mentioned it. Um, my favorite scene was the one with the grenade. Yes. Like that. We all knew that Steve was, you know, like a ride or die kind of guy. But the grenade that he was willing to jump on it and save strangers that made fun of him. Yep. Like that really shows you the extent of like how far he's willing to go to save anyone and you make you make a good point that i didn't i didn't mention the fact that there are people that make fun of him and he didn't care yeah he was just like you know what i I need to save these people i need to do what's right man ryan how how do you not like captain america until now (laughs) until that movie i said damn terrible person Mm -hmm. i like this story well i didn't say anything (laughs) differently there (laughs) (laughs) all right what else you got meg all right, so number three is actually uh, Tomb Raider, the 2018 movie. So, yeah, because... I, I, you gave me a very, off the line, you gave me a really good solid uh, reason behind this. Yes. Okay, so even though we all know Tomb Raider started out as a video game, um, when the 
when Tomb Raider, the game, was rebooted, I believe in 2013, they released a comic book uh, series with it, which spans, I think, at least maybe 20 issues or so. Um, it's like a, a good adaptation of it. And so the movie kind of combines elements from the comics and the first two video games, which is what made it, to me, be an origin tale. And you really see Lara coming, um, switching her, hmm, how can I put this? Switching it up from becoming, you know, a spoiled heiress who was trying to get by on her own to the badass Lara Croft Tomb Raider that we all know and love. Mm -hmm. And the scene I chose, like, there was a few a few of my favorite scenes, but one of them was the very, very end. Um, did you guys all see the movie? Yes, loved we it. Did. No. Yeah. Right, well, then this might, that's not really a spoiler, but like the last two seconds of the film, like throughout the movie, she had to go, she kind of had to sell some of her belongings to be able to afford stuff. And then at the end, she goes to get her items back and she sees two guns yeah. and she takes them. You see him just whipping the guns up and pointing them. And that, that shows like Lara Croft that we know with the typical du yeah. uh, dual wielding guns. And that sets wow. the tone immediately for the second movie so that we'll eventually get. I loved I loved it for many reasons because you're a gamer and I think that you'll agree with me that comic book, I mean, comic book video game adaptations are garbage for the most part. Yep. It's been, it's been a long journey and I think they're starting to get better. And I think like Tomb Raider, Sonic. that's where I was going to go. I like Tomb Raider kind of started it. Rampage was okay. I like Tomb, Ra Tomb Raider until Sonic was probably my favorite because I love, I love Sonic. I thought it was Perfect. Sonic was really good. Perfect for what it was trying to do. But Tomb Raider is kind of started. And I love, I don't know how, I guess you do love Alicia Vikander as Lara, right? She was not my first choice. Okay. I was really mad because um, I really thought it should have been Camilla Luddington just because she had done the motion capture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, but then when She's I watched the trailer. Anatomy, Dave. Okay. Yes. Uh, she played Kareb's wife. Yeah. Dave um, hates Grey's Anatomy for no reason. Oh, okay. But I and watch it. Okay, anatomy then. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but I was mad. But then you know, I was like, you know, I'm gonna give her a chance, and I'm glad I did because she she was amazing. So now that uh, completely off topic, but kind of on topic when it comes to video games, for The Last of Us, do you have any castings in mind already for Joel and Ellie? Caitlin Deaver. Okay, we're on the same boat. That's all I needed. Like there's, she was born to play that role. Yeah. They need to get it. I mean, I think they're going to start filming next year. They just need to get this ASAP. What about for Joel? Uh, you know, I've seen I've seen the mock-ups of what people want. Um, I really don't have a particular choice because I feel like there's a couple different people that can play the role well. Um, I don't have anyone off the top of my head, but I don't I don't know. I'm not, Joel's not really my favorite character, especially after two. <laughs> yeah, especially after two. <laughs> um, but. I, I care more about the as long as they get the Ellie right because Ellie is the heart and soul of the of the game of both games. Yep. So I, I feel like that's important casting. You before we fin before we finish off, you kind of got me curious a few weeks before the game came out when you posted something that it was spoiled for you, and I was I mm -hmm. I was able to avoid it until I played it, and when that are you just to make sure we're talking about the spoiler at the beginning of the game about an yes. hour in. Okay. Oh, wait, you mean in my Instagram post? No, in the actual game. You're talking about the spoiler at the beginning of the game, about the hour in. Okay. So when that happened, I went to Jenny. I'm like, oh, my God, they just did this. And I was like, what What the hell is the rest of the game going to be? But I actually really, really loved 
where they went with it. I know it's very divisive and very controversial, but I just love the fact that Ellie goes on this journey for a certain feeling and a certain feeling of redemption in a way, but Reason. realizes that that's not the way to go. And we'd have to get into a really spoiler discussion here, but I say that for another day. Yeah, <laughs> I think they can handle that on the show really well. That's I think on Real Chronicles, the video game. Yeah. Well, no, Last of Us <laughs> is going to be on HBO. That's so. true. I know. So uh, there you go. I think they'll get. They can get three seasons out of this. I don't know if you agree with there with that. Um, you know how we t- discussed earlier about like the whole like how I mentioned Orphan Black with like ten episodes per season, yep. one and done, and like with Breaking Bad. I feel like if they do it in that format, they'll get away just fine. Yep, I agree. 100% agree. All right, so go ahead. That was your number three, right? That was my number three. Uh, number two, Batman Begins. Woohoo! Um, I at mean, least, like, at like least three of, of us. Sorry to cut you off. At least three of us have it in the proper spot. I do like um, one thing, David. <laughs> hey, I respect her feelings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, whatever, whatever. I do what I want. <laughs> It's yeah, actually, we are we are filming on the 25th anniversary of Clueless, which is another one of my ah. favorite movies. Um, so, as if, David. She's been watching. Um, go ahead. All right, go ahead, Meg. Um, except the scene I chose is different than everybody else's scene. Um, I chose the scene when uh, his parents die. I know, it's Morbid. so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna laugh at when we start doing our number ones so it's okay um i mean like we all know batman's origins and like what drives him um similar to our reasoning that i'll discuss in my number one choice yep. but the way that nolan portrayed the death of his parents it's so full of tension it immediately sells the heartache and trauma of young bruce and you know it you could tell it, like it stays with him all those years and he kind of like you could see like the way he's thinking about certain things and you can see how it relates to like his parents death and it's like no okay i got to do this for the for the good and i think this makes- also is the only time outside of the animated series that thomas and martha are likable right they give you time to actually you know really feel their presence rather than them in a, a flashback so I really do love that about it. All right. Despite how the scene is. Number one time. I think Ryan, This is. I think this is the first time this may have ever happened. I think Ryan and I have the same number one, and I think Meg and Jen have the same number one. It may be possible. No, think, possible. no you already said my number one, so we don't have the same number one. Oh. Oh. So Ryan, go first, because you're going to kick your, you're gonna kick yourself in the ass when you, when you hear my number one. Yeah, I'm sure I am. Mine is Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, great, oh, great choice. Ryan loves that movie. Great choice. Yeah, no, I absolutely adore the movie. Again, I rewatched it actually just the other night. Um, I can watch it over and over and over again. I actually picked the same scene as you, David, when he gets to Sue. Uh, what's up, Danger Plan? Um, and just after the speech from the father through the door, such a heartbreaking scene. And he goes to Aunt May's, he gets the suit. It's just such a great movie, such a great scene, such a great origin story. Um, all the different Spider-Men in it, you know, from the pig to uh, the pig Nicolas Cage. fucking hilarious. And no, and I love Nicolas Cage in there when he's like, oh, Spider-Man when he's more. looking at the Rubik's Cube, he's like, oh, so many colors. um just such a great movie all right cool so i'm gonna let the ladies finish off but i will go next 
my number one, the reason I specifically said comic book origin film is because my number one is not a superhero. My number one is Joker. Duh! Ryan. Oh, yeah. I am ashamed <laughs> of you. <laughs> I think Ryan just signed off. I think he's done. No, I'm <laughs> facepalming right now. <laughs> so I, I think that because Meg and I have spoken off the line, she's not a fan of, of Joker because of Joaquin or the movie as a whole. Okay, so it's Joaquin. Okay. I'm not a Joaquin fan. The, I agree. The I, the movie itself is great, but I cannot get past Joaquin as Joker. That's okay. why I don't like it. So, I th- I'm I'm glad we agree on the movie. Like I think the movie establishes Arthur as this sympathetic figure that gets thrown into the streets and left out by the Waynes. I think Arthur could be anybody. Arthur could be anybody. We've talked about many times how this film is a great study of mental illness, the social, social class divide, the fact of the very inept social, like the system, the system system as a whole. But I think Joaquin, I'm a, I'm the opposite. I love Joaquin Phoenix. I think he is one of the best actors of this generation. But I do understand why he rubs people the wrong way. I definitely get it. Um, In this movie especially, he is... I think it's his career best. I think he is incredible in this. Everything about... But this isn't about performances. This is about the origin story. By the time he becomes the Joker, we truly understand why he is who he becomes because the world has spit him out and no one gives a shit about him. And he takes that and creates this persona that brings every person that feels like they have been spit up by the this system. This allows him to cope yep. with the world. Yep. And by the end of the movie, whether it happened or whether it doesn't happen, he has created his Joker army. And I think that's, We've talked about Joker many times on here, Meg, so I always have different scenes because I don't like using the same ones for the movie. Um, I agree. But this time around, I'm actually going to go with the opening 10 minutes of the movie where you first see Arthur being spit out by the world and treated like complete shit. Going from Hildor's score playing in the background to all the way in the scene uh, where he's going back home on the bus. And he's just laughing, trying to make the little boy laugh and does. He's not doing anything wrong. And the mother's like, what do you leave my kid alone? And he just starts laughing on the bus. That whole 10 minutes is just so powerful and kind of sets up where we're going in the movie. So, yeah, number one is Joker. I still hate that mother. (laughs) I'm not a parent. So I I yeah, I see where the parent coming from a little bit. She's just he's just trying to entertain the kid. Now yeah, she's ignoring the kid. But there are some people that are kind of weirdos and that are on the bus and are looking like are pedophiles and trying to get. So as from the mother view, not a mother yet, but like from that point of view, I can sure. understand. I think she could have been nicer to him though. Like when she when yeah. he handed her the card and said, "I have this condition," then I think she could have been she like, "Oh, I'm sorry back. about it." I know she didn't even give. I was going to say back. that Those like don't come cheap. In my head, like if we ever do a reel it back on Joker, I'm like, "Where did the card? How many of these cards does he own?" Because he gives them out <laughs> a lot. Yeah, and he's pretty broke, so he probably doesn't have that many. Yeah, and I know his mother's <laughs> not paying for it. No. 
And we know Thomas Wayne is not paying for it. Nope. But I, uh, Meg, last last uh, comment on Joker. I know you didn't like you don't like Joaquin, but is there a moment that you're like, okay, this, he's actually pretty good in it? No. <laughs> oh man, no. Oh, Damn. Man. Um, I just, I just, I had to stop watching. I actually never fully finished watching it because I cannot stand Joaquin that much. I don't know if it's because I'm just not a fan of him in general or if it's because his portrayal. Like, the movie itself, I, I, I liked. I think it's I know a- I'm, like, kind of contradicting myself left and right here. But it's just, I don't know, it's just something about him. It's just- no, I mean, I get it because before, um, there are movies I won't watch because of certain actors. Like, I, um, right. and Jenny just recently had one, too. We uh, were talking about The King of Staten Island. I hate Pete oh, Davidson. Yeah. I can't stand Pete Davidson. But the movie is actually really solid. But Jenny still won't watch it because she doesn't like Pete Davidson. Yeah, I mean, I probably will. I'll get around to it once um, I can watch it like somewhere else. Well, yeah, like, Meg, not have to pay for Meg it let me know that it's one. actually coming out on Blu-ray already next month. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, next then month. It's fine. I'll watch it from Dave's personal collection then. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, yeah, like if there's certain people that I know, I'm not going to. I mean, I pretty much give every movie a chance for the most part. It just depends on my mood and whatnot. Um, I think for me, like Joker itself, he's very iconic. Like for me, Jack Nicholson before Joaquin, hold on, relax, was my Joker <laughs> as a kid, right? Like that is like who I thought of, right? And then you had The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. Don't worry, David, he's giving me all these faces because he thought I was only going to say Jack Nicholson is the best. Um, and then you have Heath who added a whole different layer, a whole different mm-hmm. Joker to it. One that I think can't ever be touched again. Nope. And then I think the next best one was Joaquin, well, you put Joaquin with Joker. You put Joaquin over Jack Nicholson? Yeah. Or Jack Nichol- Okay, just making yeah. sure. Okay. No, Jack Nicholson is the nostalgic Joker for yeah. me. Like, that's the one of my kid year, like my yesteryear, right? And then um, I think what I... I think I related to Joaquin's Joker, at least in this narrative, in this portrayal, because this storyline is so, like, I think it's so easy to relate. You see what drives him mad. You see what drives him, like, what can drive, like, anyone could be Joker, right? All you need is that one bad day, right? Mm -hmm. Very good. Killing joke. uh, It just, you don't know what could change. And I think anyone could kind of snap that way. When you're really beaten down by society, by your family, by your this, like you just don't know. So I felt like he was the most relatable out of all other Jokers before. And that's why it's like, the everyday man. Yeah. And right. Ironically, before I hand it off to you, ladies, um, we joked that in that movie, he has a whole bunch of bad days. But he really goes off the day he gets fired and the day he gets beat up on the train. That's his bad day that just put him over the top so it tributes the killing joke very well because he does have that one day that snaps him into madness but yeah meg jen tell us why wonder woman is your number one origin <laughs> it's number one jen go first uh yeah i'll let jen go first so wonder woman gal gadot i think is fantastic i don't think i could have pictured anyone else i mean obviously we had the introduction with um in batman v superman but i think they pick someone that um really embodies what wonder woman looks like at least like in the comic with the dark hair and she's so tall and um i love the movie because i think 
it's a very strong origin story. I think seeing all of the strong women um, on the island and just her training when she's 8 and 12 and then just uh, the general reveal as we keep going, how she leaves, um, which is not easy to do. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing that Wright, I think, is the less strong part of the whole film as a whole is just at the end because the villain is a little hokey with Ares and just that CGI, but everything else is super strong. Um, I think if this movie hadn't been directed by a woman, it would have been a very different movie. I agree. I think Patty Jenkins is a strong director. I think she, I mean, the only other movie that I had seen before this was monster and monster is like fantastic. Um, and then let me see. What else do I got? Uh, Did you write a book about Wonder Woman? I wrote a few things. Oh, partially. So (laughs) I actually, in my research, I think uh, I came across something that I think sums it up really well. So it's uh, we see the origins of her beliefs, the changes in those beliefs, the understanding and turmoil about human nature and the way it all collides and contradicts and complements within her heart to turn her into the hero our world needs today. Boom. And on that note, I'm going to go watch Wonder Woman. (laughs) (laughs) So, Meg, why do you like Wonder Woman? So, uh, piggybacking on everything you just said, um, specifically about uh, Patty Jenkins, you know, we kind of mentioned it earlier uh, in the show about a female director versus male director. If male, like, I think it was, you guys mentioned Joss Whedon. Um, You know, if, if a man had directed it all the women in her land would have probably been topless i'm not gonna deny it just because like bra like bustier things exactly yeah meanwhile patty right nothing that you know that has flexibility you know you can fight in but something that's sex appeal but what i loved about patty jenkins version is that she kind of got a little bit of payback where when uh gal gal diana wonder whatever you want to call her she went to go see steve when he was healing and he was butt ass naked <laughs> and it's nice little uh, oh, nice yeah. little payback that's true because you know men use men directors use women female nudity so easily so it's nice little nice little karma on that one yep, the objectification um, of women exactly see see this is why i need you i couldn't get the words out you got yep. me mm-hmm. <laughs> um but just it, it's just the whole movie, I, I do agree about the ending. It was weak. Um, the CGI was an issue, but I get why they did the way they did. Because um, I feel like with how I'm having like trouble getting the words out because I love this movie so much. <laughs> the I feel ending like it is... wouldn't have been any other way they could have done it, though. At least for exactly. Aries, right? Like there was no other. I mean, what kind of practical effects could you have done that maybe wouldn't have come off as... That's true. I feel and like some of his verbiage was just so cheesy, too. Mm-hmm. It, it was, was very cheesy. typical, cliche villain. But I feel like the way that they ended it, even though the next movie takes place in um, 1984, I feel like it kind of sets the tone of how 84 is going to be. Especially with Steve's return. However, they pull that off. Which will be interesting. You know what I think? I don't know if you ladies agree. I think what works really well is that they did not try to connect it to anything. They made it its own standalone story and mm-hmm. focused just on Diana rather than like, oh yeah, Diana's here, but there is Bruce. There yeah. is yeah. Flash. But she's not a supporting, I love yeah. because she's not a supporting player here. She's not just used in the background. 
Um, and I do agree with you. What you said before was that this is the best DCEU movie. I yeah, think by a lot. By a lot. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I would if I thinking off the top of my head, I would probably put that Wonder Woman number one, Shazam number two, then Birds of Prey number three, and then Aquaman four, Batman v Superman five, uh, Justice League six, and Suicide Squad last. What about Man of Steel? Oh yeah, that shit still counts too. Um, I don't know Shazam and Harley Quinn, and I agree with you. Yeah, towards towards the bottom. I don't, you know, I I don't like Man of Steel. Zack Snyder doesn't know Superman at all, so <laughs> that's kind of my two cents on that. <laughs> and that's how we end today. That's show. how we end. Zack Snyder doesn't know Superman. <laughs> but yeah, that wraps everything up. Meg, thank you so much for joining us. You definitely will be invited back. Your insight was top notch, and we look yeah. forward to working f- with you in the future. Yeah, had a great time. Thank you, Ryan. You can come back, I guess. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids. Next week, we are covering the 15-year anniversary of Batman Begins. But along with that, we're actually going to cover the entire Dark Knight trilogy. So that should be fun. So until then, see you at the movies, kids. Mm-hmm.